This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. You're loving, you're kind, you're faithful. You are, you are just too much for comprehension. And you just love us so and we are grateful. Lord, one of the ways we know you is through your word. This morning as we look into your word, let that word be a lamp and a light unto us. Let it be a guide to us. Let it instruct us. Let it rebuke us where there is rebuke necessary. And let it encourage us where we need encouragement. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, during uh, the crossover service, well, before I came to crossover service, I connected with the crossover service in Nigeria, our headquarters, the headquarters of uh, the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And as the general overseer was speaking, uh, he said some things that were like cornerstone to the, the word for the year, you know. And uh, I, I, I announced at the crossover service for us that one of the key things he said was actually my sermon for the second Sunday of the year. Praise the Lord. Why is this important? You know, for me as a pastor, one of the things that is more important to me than anything else, I like you to get excited, you know, when you hear the word, but more than excitement, more than Preach it. Yes, this, that. Those things are good. There's nothing wrong with them. But beyond all of that, I want to make sure I'm giving you the word from God for the moment. That's more important to me than anything else as your pastor. You know, so I'm always looking and praying and seeking confirmation when God gives a word. So when I heard that, I'm like, okay, then this is what the Lord is saying truly. We are connecting with the top. So today, God will speak to somebody. I say God will speak to somebody in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, so there is an abundance coming your way. We've talked about that. And this abundance will come to you from unusual places. A lot of times when God promises us a blessing, you know, for the vast majority of us, we have people we are thinking about already. Lord, touch Roke to bless me. <laughs> you know, touch DJ to bless me. We already targeted people in our mind that we have decided must help us. But God will send help to you. And he will send it from unusual places. Where you have not imagined, where you have not thought about, help will come for you. In the name of Jesus. You know, I can't go into details, but uh, God already started showing me signs. Uh, I was sharing with the ministers this morning, you know, money coming from unusual place. Uh, God will surprise you. God will surprise you. So why do I know this? Why am I so confident that this is going to happen? One of the reasons I'm so confident is because God has said so, yeah, and also because the siege over your life is over. 
You know, the Bible talks about some people operating in closed heavens. I decree and I declare everything that is clogging your heavens, that there is no flow from above, I clear it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The general overseer on Friday at the festival, the Holy Ghost night, was talking about fresh air. Hmm. Fresh air. And as he was talking about fresh air, somehow he connected fresh air with the siege is over. And like further confirmation that indeed the siege over your life, it is over. It is done with. How about you rise to your feet? Rise to your feet. (laughs) Say, Say a prayer for yourself. Lift up both hands to heaven. And I want you to say with me. Say everything that has hitherto blocked my progress. I remove now in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance in my path is removed in the name of Jesus. I go forward. I rise above. I go beyond. I rise above my previous limitations in the name of Jesus. Why don't you go ahead and pray for yourself? In the name of Jesus, the heavens over you are open. In the name of Jesus, there shall be showers of blessing. In the name of Jesus, open heaven, open heaven, open heaven. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Daddy. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Opportunities that have eluded you will be restored. Where they have questioned you and they have said, who are you to you before? They'll begin to say, how are you to you? In the name of Jesus. Help will come from unusual places. Remember that. If anybody is refusing to help, let them be. You just become the story for laughter later. So she's so desperate. He's so desperate. Whatever, whatever, whatever. God will raise help for you. In the name of Jesus. You may please be seated. I've not gotten into the message, but uh, uh, this year I want to encourage you make time to pray. Make time to pray. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. So I have this in like three sections today. And the first thing is, what is a siege? If we say the siege is over, you have to know what is over before you begin to really enjoy what is there. What is a siege? The dictionary defines a siege as a military operation in which enemy forces surround a town or building cutting off essential supplies with the aim of compelling the surrender of those inside. That's how the dictionary defines a siege. But this is the revelation God gave me. God said to me, a siege is simply a blockade. A blockade. Something that has been put in place to prevent something else from going through. So, The Bible says everything that we need to live a rich, godly life has been given unto us, and they are in heavenly places. Amen? That's scripture. 
So what you need to enjoy those things is you need an open portal to heaven through which those things can flow to you. If all the goodness and everything is in heavenly places, it's of no use to you. Say, God has blessed me with money. The money is in heavenly places. Start spending it now. Amen? So there is riches, there is something wonderful that God has in store for you and they have been, they, they, they are stored in heavenly places where moth and rot cannot eat them up. But for it to be of benefit to you, you need a portal through which those things can flow into your life. When there is a block in the flow, you are under a siege. See, when you are under a siege, watch this. I want to break it down into simple terms for you. You know, because, ah, God forbid, I'm not under a siege. That might, I agree with you in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> but watch this. If you are lacking ideas, you are under a siege. It means nothing fresh is flowing into your life. All the story you can tell is, oh, I remember when I was in my home country. I used to this and this. What are you doing now? What's going on in your, in your life now? All your testimonies is, I remember five years ago. I remember telling, what is God doing now? If you are lacking inspiration, you're under a siege. You lack a vision and direct, direction for life, you are under a siege. There is no freshness in your life. Everything is stale. No new ideas. You feel stuck. You are under a siege. You are just operating on the old anointing. Old, nothing new, nothing fresh. My prayer for you is after today, freshness will begin to flow into your life. Newness will begin to flow into your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you feel hopeless and paralyzed, because of the vicissitudes of life, you are under a siege. Say, Pastor, how do you know this? Because everything that I've said now is contrary to the life of Christ. It's contrary to the life that Christ has designed for you and I. Watch this. Revelations chapter 21 and verse 5. Revelations 5, uh, 21 verse 5. It says, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I make everything new. It's a present continuous thing that he does. Every day he makes everything new. The scripture says, sing unto the Lord a new song. I've told the choir, don't come and be singing all the same songs we've been singing. They, they know that. That's why every Sunday you will see there's something they throw in there that you don't know. God, the mercies of God, they are new every morning. Everything about God is fresh, is new, is refreshing. When you, you find yourself stuck and all you can refer to is, I remember 10 years ago, what, what is happening now? We, we have had. We have had 10 years ago you were that. But what are you now? Amen? You see that? He said, I make everything new. May God bring newness into your life. May God bring freshness into your life. May God anoint you with fresh oil. In the name of Jesus. What are the things that cause a siege in a person's life? 
Very simple. Sometimes when life happens, the siege just begins. What do I mean by You know, I preached a sermon many years ago. I called it, when life happens, what do you do? Life is bound to happen. Praise the Lord. At one time or the other, it doesn't matter whether you love God or you don't love God. Life will happen to you. Think about Joseph. When Joseph, when life happened to Joseph, for no reason, okay, for no good reason, (laughs) the brothers sold him into slavery. For no good reason, he ended up in prison. He didn't do anything. He has not done wrong. All he's done is good. I think some people are cold. I think. So, maybe somebody can help us. I'm just saying. It's not the spirit. I'm seeing how people are behaving. I, I think some people are cold. <laughs> you know, uh, so don't say it, the Lord. No, 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 no. It's observation. I, I can see it, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> you know, Joseph's life suddenly came under a siege. It was a boy that was favored by the dad. The dad loved him so much, made him coat of many colors. But that did not prevent a siege from coming into his life. Amen. All of a sudden, everything went upside down. All the love he had enjoyed, he became a cheap, common slave. Amen. And when he got to Potiphar's house, and it seemed like life was getting better for him, life happened again. He ended up in prison. But one thing I want to guarantee you is... If your heavens are open, it doesn't matter what you are going through. In spite of everything happening in Joseph's life, Joseph had an open heaven. Why? Because every time, go read the scripture, the Bible will say that this happened to him. Why? Because God was with him. He still maintained his connection. His situation did not change his connection to God. So when life happens, everything just goes ipsy-topsy, upside down. As I'm standing before you today, I can tell you many stories of life happening. Got to a point a number of times that I decided, Lord, can't do this anymore. Can't do it. Because the people you're serving and laboring over, don't appreciate what you're doing. In fact, if anything, they're attacking you on top of the good things that you're doing. Say, this can't be right. This can't be right. Lord, I, I, I quit. I quit. I quit. You know why? Because a siege came. And for a moment, I lost sight of the connection with God. I was now dealing in my flesh. Many people under a siege, they act in the flesh. When life happens, it is important to maintain your connection with God. Let me give you another example from scripture. Elijah, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17, went before the king, he said, there will be no rain in this land until my say so, and there was no rain. But what he didn't know... (laughs) was if there is no rain, whatever the people are suffering, he is going to suffer it too. So there's a drought in the land, there's no food. 
He had to sit by the brook called Cherith, and a raven brought, how much food can a bird? <laughs> and it came two times a day. If it came like 50 times, you say, okay, maybe he's putting some deposits, putting some deposits. Two times a day, a bird. If the food is too heavy, the bird, the bird cannot fly. And then, to make matters worse, the brook dried up. Then he went to a widow's house. And the widow said, my son and I, we just have a little bit to eat and die. How is that encouraging? Say, well, go make for me first. You know, he's doing bragado. <laughs> Say, go, go, go make for me first. You know, and the Bible says God continued to multiply the supply. And then eventually, in 1 Kings chapter 18, he comes back. He comes back and says, there's going to be rain. And then he dealt with the prophets of Baal. They killed 450 prophets of Baal. Put yourself in his position. At that point, what are you thinking? You're taking a deep sigh of relief. It's all over. Because during that time, during the drought, the king was looking for him to kill him. So he too was running, helter-skelter, hiding, and, you know, take, trying to safety for his life. So when that time came and God gave him a release for the heavens to be open and the rain to come back, at that point he was breathing a sigh of relief. <sighs> Finally, I can go back to the temple and just do the regular job of a prophet. And then suddenly, Jezebel said, go tell him. If I don't do to him what he did to my prophet, his head off his neck, then I'm not Jezebel. And then he began to run again. He began to run. And how do you know what he was feeling? Let's read 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 3. 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's read 3 and 4. So Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. One of the things I want to help you understand is Bible characters were men and women just like you and I. You know, we look at them today, we read about them and their exploits, but they were regular people. The scripture says, Elijah, the one that just did all of those wonderful things, said, at my word, there will be no rain, and there was no rain three and a half years. And then he said, okay, there's going to be rain, and rain came. At the threat of of one Jezebel woman. The Bible says he was Elijah. He didn't say he, so that you know exactly who he's talking about. He said Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. Verse 4, watch this. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might what? He prayed that he might what? He was fed up with it. He was fed up with it. He said, God, just kill me. I'm not better than the people that have gone ahead of me. When life happens, everything shuts down. Everything shuts down. You know, and by the grace of God over the years that God has helped us to counsel with people, you know, one of the things I found out is when life happens, we can't think straight anymore. That is why you need counsel. You know, the things you know is what the person counseling you is saying to you. 
And then he said, oh, yeah, yeah. How come I never thought about that? Life? Life? Anyone going through life at this point in time, may God open your eyes of understanding. Every blockade is removed now. You will see clearly. You will hear clearly. In the name of Jesus. Elijah was done with it. He said, just kill me already. Take my life. Take my life for I am not better than my ancestors who have already died. Just kill me. Just kill me. When you are under a siege, it's a very frustrating situation. It makes you feel like you don't know how to do anything. You, you almost feel hopeless, worthless, that I'm not good for anything. But can I tell you something this morning? You are precious in the sight of Jesus. The Bible says you are the apple of his eye. In spite of what you're going through. In spite of what you, in spite of the difficulties and the challenges, in spite of everything that is working and the one that is not working, you are the apple of his eye. If I'm going to poke your eye, you're going to fight me with everything you have. The Bible says our lives are hid in Christ and Christ in God. You are in a secure place. What you are going through is an experience that is building you up and preparing you for where God is taking you. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, concerning Elijah, James 5, verse 17, said Elijah was human as we are. Number two reason why people go, why siege come into a person's life. Watch this, and I want you to pay attention to this. I, I, I wasn't sure how to categorize it, but I just said carefree and careless living, careless life. You're living carelessly. You are living without instruction. You are living without guidance. Anything goes, if it feels good, do it. Watch this. In Judges chapter 18, you read 7 through 10. Judges 18, 7 through 10. You know, this, this story in itself is actually a positive story when you look at it from the perspective of the Israelites, right? When you look at it from the perspective of the Israelites, it was a good story because the tribe of Dan had not taken their possession, the land that God had given to them, amen? So they sent some spies. That's what we're going to read now. But the way I want you to look at it today for you to learn from this is look at it from the perspective of the people that lost their inheritance. All right? You look at it from the perspective of the, those that lost their inheritance. So, uh, verse 7. It says, so the five men went on. They sent spies to go spy the land. So this is the land God has given. Stop real quick. So look up real quick. I, I want to make a quick point here. Do you know that sometimes <laughs> what God has for you is in somebody else's possession right now. Sometimes. For example, God rejected Saul and anointed David. But David could not become king because Saul was still sitting on the throne. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God had promised the tribe of Dan the land 
but the land was still being occupied, you know, really by the original owners, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. So here's what happens. So, so the five men, the five spies, that is, went on to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living what? Carefree lives, like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. What that really is talking about is they didn't, they didn't have any strategy for security. They just felt, we got this, you know, nothing is happening. We're cool. We're cool. Continue reading. He said, the people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile. And they lived, watch this now. If you have a hard copy Bible, underline that part. They lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. They isolated themselves. You know one of the things I've learned about life? When Satan wants to deal with any life, he isolates that person. He removes them from fellowship. Because if you are in fellowship with others that care about you, when you begin to misbehave, you say, oh, no, 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 sis, you can't do that. You can't, that's not right. A child of God cannot be living the way you are living. They will challenge you. They will confront you. They will say, no, you can't do that. When the devil wants to deal with people, he isolates them. You know, you begin to feel, oh, I, 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 nobody can say anything to me. I, I, I'm not going to church anymore. Oh, it's pushing you to the edge. It's pushing you to the edge where you can't be corrected anymore. Amen? These people were far removed from all their allies and everything. Let's just stop there just for the, uh, uh, for the purpose of what we're talking about today. They were living carefree, careless life. No commitments. No commitment. They were living anything goes life. Amen? They were not sur submitted to anything, no order, nothing. They were just living their life. And that exposed them. When those spies saw them, the way they were living, quickly they sent word back home. They said, guys, we saw the people, we, we saw those people that they were living a carefree life. Let's read, let, let's read to 10. Let's read to 10. Say, when the men returned to Zorah and Eshtal, their relatives asked them, what did you find? The men replied, come, let's attack them. We have seen the land. It is very good. What are we waiting for? Don't hesitate to go and take possession of it. When you get there, watch this now. When you get there, you will find the people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious land and a fertile land. What's the point I'm making here? When you are living a carefree, careless life, you become a target for the enemy. You know, <laughs> I wrote a book called uh, Go Back and Pick Up the Baton. The cornerstone scripture for that book is from Proverbs chapter 24. You read from verse 30 down. And what did he say? <laughs> it says, I went by the field of a lazy man, a man with no common sense, a man that is living a carefree, careless life. Nobody can speak to him. Nobody can correct her. Nobody can instruct him or her. Just living a carefree life. It's my life. I can do what I like. What I like. It's my body. 
fornication. Who are you to tell me I'm fornicating? Is, is it not my body, my, well, how do they say it now? My body, my choice, something like that? You don't know? Okay, you are not political. That's good. That's good. My body, my choice, whatever. He said, nobody can tell me nothing. You are in danger of losing what is precious. In danger of losing what is precious. Watch this. The Bible says, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, listen close now. It says, stay alert. Be vigilant. Be attentive. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, roaring like a lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, studies have shown that most theft in America, at least in America, the data that we have, most theft in America is an opportunity theft. You know, the thief doesn't want to get caught. Why will he go through the trouble of endangering himself? He just sees easy target, they target something easy, they grab it, they go. They still want to go home and enjoy what they have what they stole. Their intention is not to be caught. The devil is roaring like a lion, prowling, going on patrol, looking for careless living and reckless lives. There, there's this party over there. You drink to stupor. You, we, we need a dedicated driver. Let's go drink. So, I was shocked, Pastor, when I came to America. In the, I was in the military. They say we're going to go get wasted this weekend. So we need a dedicated driver. I'm like, how do you plan to get drunk? I mean, I've been drunk many times, but I didn't plan to get drunk. <laughs> it wasn't the plan, but I got drunk eventually. You know, but some people, willfully, they are going out just to get drunk. He said, we're going to get wasted this weekend. Careless living. Carefree life. You are in danger of losing something valuable. You know, one of the things, I'm so convinced of this. I know the abundance is coming. You know, but only the one that is not connected to God, when such riches and prosperity come to them, the Bible says the fool, it said the prosperity of the fool will be his own destruction. So I know God is going to bless you. There's no doubt in my mind. And that is why the message is refocusing your mind. It's not the blessing. The blessing will happen. It's a natural thing. It will happen. But focus on God. Make God the object of your vision. In the name of Jesus. Number three reason why a life can come under a siege. Number one is what? Life. Life can just happen. You have not done anything good or bad. Life just happens to you. Number two is what? Carefree, careless living. And number three is disobedience. I say disobedience slash sin. Because disobedience is a sin. Sin is disobedience. Amen? <laughs> uh, watch this. First, uh, First Kings chapter 8 verse 33 is somebody been blessed this morning? Yes. Oh, this is too hard. 
to weigh water down, the Holy Spirit will not allow us. We have to speak the truth. You know, we have to speak the truth. So watch this. He said, if, the, if your people, Israel, are defeated by their enemies because they sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, and then he goes on what God will do. The point I want, what I want to show you there is that there is a connection between sin and siege. Frequently in the book of Judges, the scripture will say, because the people of Israel did not obey the Lord their God, God gave them up to their enemies. So a life can enter into jeopardy because it has become a disobedient life or a life that is lived in sin and in carnal pleasures is all that life is interested in. And then 1 Kings 8, 35, the same thing. Said, if the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you. So you're a, somebody's heaven can be closed because of sin. And they can be given over to the desire of their enemies because of their sin. On a side note, very quickly, I, I saw this, you know, I just couldn't resist the temptation. I couldn't. Open to First Kings. First Kings, I'll just touch, it, touch on it very quickly and then we'll move on. First Kings chapter 20, verse 35. First Kings 20, 35 to 37, really. Say, meanwhile, the Lord instructed one of the group of prophets to say to another, hit me. But the man refused to hit the prophet. Then the prophet told him, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, a lion will kill you as soon as you leave me. And when he had gone, a lion did attack and kill him. Verse 37. Then the prophet turned to another man and said, hit me. He struck the prophet and wounded him. <laughs> he said, I will obey you to the uttermost. <laughs> he hit him. What? <laughs> if, you, if you continue reading, if you continue reading, you will notice the prophet had to put a, a, a sort of like a band or something to, to cover his... <laughs> I hit him really bad. <laughs> but the lesson there is obedience. <laughs> Somebody is thinking, ah, this pastor is mischievous. <laughs> we just saw what happened to the man that didn't slap him. A lion killed him. Ah, me? I will punch you. <laughs> I will obey you like you don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But listen, listen. There's something that dropped in my heart as I was thinking about this. Whatever you don't deal with is coming back to deal with it. If you don't deal with, with sin, sin is going to turn around and deal with you. In 1 Kings chapter 20, 1 Kings chapter 20, the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, attacked Israel twice. Twice. And twice he lost. 
And the second time after the loss, he came and surrendered to the king of Israel. But his commanders had advised him, said, oh, the king of Israel, we heard that they are soft people. They won't kill you. They won't kill. They are disobedient to their God. They won't kill you. He didn't quite say that. But he just said they are like that. They won't kill you. So the guy surrendered. In battle, remember, when God told Saul to go destroy the Amalekites for what they had done, he said, man, animal, every living thing destroyed. He didn't. He left Agag. The Agagite, the Haman, the Hagagite was the one that was going to destroy all the Jews. The lineage of the one that they left that didn't deal with. God said, destroy, destroy them. But he didn't. And that is why the, the, the prophet was saying somebody should hit him. You know, because he wanted to disguise himself to appear to Ahab. He said, this thing you have done is going to cost you. By the time you get to 2 Kings chapter 6, Ben-Hadad came back and laid a siege on Samaria. Why? When they had the opportunity to deal with Ben-Hadad, they did not deal with him. What seems pleasurable to you today, and I'm talking about sin, disobedience, and all those type of things, if you refuse to deal with it, it's coming back to deal with it. It's not a curse. They say, oh, pastor is, no, 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 no. I'm just telling you the truth. You can say, oh, but nothing is happening. I've been doing it. Nothing has happened. Nothing has happened yet. And if nothing happens on this side of eternity, <laughs> nobody is going to enter heaven with sin. Have you considered that? Nobody is going to appear before God. The Bible says God is so holy. He's so holy. He cannot behold iniquity. That is who God is. And that is why he has given us Jesus so that we can surrender our lives to him and let him change us from within without. So that the way we live our lives is informed by the transformation that has happened within us. Many people want to change from outside inside. You know, so I'm going to work for God. I'm going to serve God. I will volunteer with technical. I will volunteer as an usher. I will volunteer in the children's church. They are volunteering everywhere for penance. Many years ago when I had that word for the first time, I didn't know what it meant. Because somebody said to me, I said, ah, Koye, all these things that I'm doing, I'm a big sister to me. So all these things I'm doing, I'm doing for penance. So I grinned. <laughs> So I went home, <laughs> I took the and I checked penance. Ah, I felt bad for her. Because what she was saying, because I knew her, I knew the kind of life she was living. So when I saw her in church, I was excited. What she was saying is, I'm still living that life, and I'm making up for it by serving in church. Salvation doesn't work like that. If you have been saved, it should transform you from within. And because a change has happened inside of you, when people now see the way you behave externally, they know ah, something happened to you. Something happened to you. 
how do I deal with a siege? When I figure that I'm under a siege, what do I do? What I said last Sunday, GPS. God first. In a siege, you need a word from God. I'm telling you. You need, when God speaks, it clears everything. Your situation has not changed, but you know that you know that God is with me in this situation. You just know. You just know. And people are looking at, how can you be happy with everything happening? Just wait and see, and see as my change comes. See my change come. My change is coming. My change is going to happen. It's going to happen. So you put God first. Matthew 6, 33, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? It's righteousness. It's righteousness. It's righteousness. You know, rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. We're going to close here. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.